police are charging down Avenue A. They're charging down Avenue A. Full gallop, full gallop. People are heading onto the sidewalks on both sidewalks as the police head up Avenue A on horseback. The horses now have torn back and are heading towards Avenue A. shirts, officers, obviously a lot of gold stars and badges, many police, both in riot helmets and soft helmets, a line of police and horseback, a emergency services unit or a special services unit of the police with two big floodlights illuminating most of Avenue A, and still a crowd of maybe a hundred protesters. Here come the police, are now coming across the street. They're coming across the street, they have their clubs out, they're attacking the crowd. On August 6, 1988, the worst riot in 20 years erupted in New York's Tompkins Square Park on the Lower East Side. On that night, nearly 500 police stormed into this popular neighborhood, assaulting hundreds of people as the police tried to stem a protest against a 1 a.m. curfew in the park. The obscure law allowing the closing hadn't been enforced in decades. Tompkins Square Park, considered by many as the heartbeat of the Lower East Side, is surrounded by a neighborhood populated by poor Hispanics, punk rockers, artists, Eastern Europeans, and a recent influx of white upper-class professionals. In the middle of July, signs saying the park would close at midnight were painted at its entrances. Yeah. Neighborhood activists say they organized a protest after police began sweeping out the homeless people who sleep in the park in late July. More than 150 homeless people make their home in Tompkins Square Park during the summer. On Saturday night, July 31st, a small group of residents gathered in Tompkins Square Park to protest the curfew. A group of protesters blew conch shells, shook maracas, and played bongo drums as several police cars crept up to the demonstrators, shining searchlights on them. When Jerry the Peddler, a longtime resident and community activist, was arrested after confronting police, beer bottles were smashed against a police car. In the melee that followed, four people were arrested, five police officers and five protesters were injured. Two days later, New York police held an unpublicized meeting with invited community residents to prepare for the next protest. On Friday, August 5th, a virtual police occupation occurred in the park when several police vans, trucks, and 100 officers were mobilized in the park. 
On Saturday night, August 6th, more than 200 people marched through Tompkins Square protesting the curfew. Police had their command center in the park with 100 officers present. The protesters, chanting, Whose Park, Our Park, and Pigs Out of the Park, spilled out into the street where mounted police formed a line across from the crowd. As powerful M80 firecrackers popped, hundreds of young people streamed out of the many bars in the area and swelled the ranks of the demonstrators. At 1 a.m., police closed off the entrance to Tompkins Park and bottles were smashed on the pavement. Police Commander Gerald McNamara then ordered the mounted police to charge the crowd of demonstrators and onlookers. According to a report on the riot prepared by the New York City Police Department, shortly before the charge, the ranking police officer present, Deputy Chief Thomas Darcy, left the scene to use a bathroom more than a mile away, leaving Commander McNamara facing an increasingly angry crowd. He took charge by issuing a 1085, an order meaning police in trouble. The riot lasted until police pulled out at 6 a.m. Sunday and demonstrators retook the park. In response, on Sunday, August 7th, New York City Mayor Edward Koch, who says he was not informed of the riot until the next day, ordered all parks in the city to remain open all night except for two parks. Claiming victory, over 100 demonstrators took to the streets again. Sunday night, marching from Tompkins Square Park to the still-closed Washington Square Park. There, hundreds of police kept them from entering. Undaunted, the marchers went on to the mayor's home nearby, then returned to Tompkins Square Park. We've been pushed down to East 9th Street. There's police now in the street. A large number of undercover police wearing helmets. Police have been running up and down both sides of the street. One officer chased after in my direction without, as I yelled, I'm a media, I'm a media person, I'm a media person. He still ran after me in a, in a rage almost. We tangled, both fell on the floor, both rolled onto the sidewalk. I jumped up, yelled, I was media, showed my press pass while the officer climbed up off the street. And I jumped out into the street, tried to watch my back so I wouldn't get hit from behind by a policeman until they recognized that I was media. And then I was able to leave the area. Helicopter wind is again whipping up as the helicopter comes above our heads, barely 75 feet or 100 feet above our heads. Huge clouds of, of dust and garbage from the streets are being whipped up and blown across St. Mark's, across our faces, into the park. It's amazing. What do you think of what happened here tonight? Well, don't you think this is a little more ridiculous? I personally know what happened at the community board and what the community board asked for. And what they asked for was that the kids that were hanging outside in the park and on the corner, because the traffic empties into the park, that there'd be some sort of curfew that they have the kids quiet the music down, okay? That's all we asked. And that the homeless be allowed to stay in the north part of the park. As always, they would put their camps up there. The helicopters have broke things in people's apartment. Windows have been broken. People have been chased and kept off the block to go to their apartment buildings. I think it's absolutely disgusting. This isn't what we asked for. As a community, we asked for a safety on the streets, which we haven't gotten. If they could have done this when we had the drug people down here, it would have been great. But they have to do this for kids and music? It's wrong. What's your name, ma'am? My name is Marianne Torillo. Thank you. That was the object. Kick everybody out of the park. That's the I just want to know what incident caused a powder keg explosion here. What incident was that 
people were moving around, large numbers of people were moving around and bumping into each other. That's what's caused the riot. Large numbers of police and American people were moving around in different directions, and that's what caused the riot. Police are beating on homeless men who are sleeping on the street along 9th Street as they push the crowd down 9th Street, slowly proceeding down the street, swinging their clubs, pushing people. Get out the way before they kill you! They're gonna kill you, murderers! It's past 1.30 in the morning. I'm at the corner of East 6th Street and Avenue A. There's maybe 150 demonstrators here, about 40 or 50 of them sitting in a double line across the street, across Avenue A, facing about 30 or 40 police in riot helmets, some with police uh, riot shields, plastic riot shields with police written on them, full riot helmets. We want the park and we want it now! We want the park and we want it bottle was just thrown at the police. Now they're running at the at the alleged bottle throwers. They're running down 5th Street. They're running down 5th Street in a mass of police against people they suspect of throwing bottles. Now they have another person they're running after. They're running after. Now they're hitting him. He's hitting him. He's repeatedly hitting him. They're hitting him, poking him. They're poking him with a knife with a stick. They're poking him with a stick. And they have him under arrest. Now they're... She wasn't even, she was sitting down. They're bandaging this woman's head. Her head is bleeding profusely, and they have a large amount of gauze wrapping around her head. Hospital, all right? All right. All right. As soon as they tell me, I'll tell you. You guys can't hear you. 
Were you a witness? Did you see what happened here? I've been here since before. Did you see what happened? fucking beat the three of us up for no reason, as well as millions of other people who were just trying to get out of the way. And we said, stop hitting us, and they beat on us more. Her head is fucking falling apart. His head is bleeding. Make him walk. Make him look good. Make him walk. are lifting the stretcher into the ambulance right now. They're pushing the woman's into the ambulance. Police are now, people are running down. Police are running and chasing people. Bottles are now being thrown at the cops. Early Sunday morning, Father Jack Kennington of a nearby Catholic church joins other residents in trying to negotiate an end to the riot. Their attempts are fruitless, but police agree to a meeting with the community later in the week. Have our park back. In our park, man. Let's Keep on no, 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 no. It's not about park. Don't talk park. Don't talk park now. sleep in your church since you don't want them in the park, man. I haven't said anything about the park. This, well, is, this is not a park Once these cops right disperse, we're okay, back okay, in the park. Okay, okay, wait, wait. Okay, no, no, that no, might no, even no, happen tonight. Okay, that okay. might even happen tonight. Okay, that, ask me a question there. It's not a park situation now. It, it is a street situation. A, yeah. They made it that way. Okay, okay. Start disperse, uh, like think. If you notice, no one there dispersed. Yeah, there's a there's a deputy there's a deputy inspector that's in charge. It just came on the scene. We'll lie, check or something like that. Okay. Police are starting to move back. Hands and bottles. Now people are running back. A couple of bottles got thrown at the cops. They will. They will. Like they told me they were going to get an ambulance and they got one. Why did they do that? They have to move first. They have to move first. Yeah, I know. They hit my mother. She was outside the car. They bit my mother in the club because she's walking. An hour, everything was quiet. That's if they leave right now, said no picture. if they leave right now, if they leave right now, we'll leave. See, it comes we'll just go back to the park and we'll leave eventually. See, it comes down people have no place to go. No, you can't. Just, just, do you see that they're here punishing people for just nothing? Okay. We're finally going to get people speaking at 3 o'clock starting. They have a you permit. To, get, they have a you permit. Get, you want to get there? You want to get police people with some leaders here? Sure. Yeah, yeah. 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 At 3 o'clock, they have a permit the next Saturday. You have a talk. Yeah, okay. 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 Well, let's, let's Would you all agree? Get them. Captain McNamara is, is going to come here to to get this meeting that what we're talking about, you know. So public meeting. That's for you to determine. Leaders from 
from the people, from the from the young people, the and from the neighborhood to talk over what happened, so that this can't happen. This and I'd like to know that they had a meeting on Tuesday where they didn't allow access to people who did not support the police's point of view, people who witnessed last Saturday's incident that saw the police provocation and assaults were not allowed at this meeting Tuesday where they had planned the one o'clock curfew and the homeless sleeping in the south end. So part of the problem has been the way the precinct has dealt dealt with this since okay, last Saturday. Okay, so maybe we'll talk talk about that at the meeting. Like I'll I'll try and come to the meeting. I'll try. intelligent beings that we are from this neighborhood. Right. Okay. So as soon as the CEO from the 9th Precinct comes here, we'll each address what we think. All right? Personally, people have no place to go. I mean, I could go in the park gratuitously to go, you know, to get off of a drunk or go because I have no place to go. But people live in that park and there's no place to go. And in summertime, it's at least five degrees cooler. What if they And they say, they say there's no place to go. And if you can't go in the park, there's going to be people on people's stoops and on the street raising hell. The park at least diffuses tension in Swalter in August Coming up, coming up. Hang on. Call us to regroup. People have run into the housing projects between First Avenue and Avenue A. People are now starting to filter back to call us to regroup. Bottles are being thrown at police earlier. It caused the most recent outbreak of running. Police are chasing more people, brutally chasing with clubs outstretched. Now they're heading this way again. They're heading down, heading down the pathway that leads to First Avenue. We're running, crowd of people are running, demonstrators, police hard behind us. Now all clear is being given. This is the sound of the fire being started. It's a fire burning right now, one of two fires now burning in the intersection of Avenue A and East 5th Street. What happened? Well, I mean, we were just running and then we stopped running. We were just walking and the police officer just started pushing us. And then he just knocked me down once and then I got up and I continued walking and then he knocked me down again. And then he knocked down my friend as well. I mean, it's pathetic, you know I mean? If you're supposed to be just standing and protesting, which you, you're supposed to have the right and freedom to do in America, and when you do that, you're being assaulted by police officers. I mean, it, it doesn't balance out, you know what I mean? I mean, it's, you might as well just write and hurt them as well as they're hurting you. I mean, they're supposed to be standing there keeping the peace. Bottles are being thrown at the fire trucks. The sound of bottles breaking against the fire truck. Now police are running. People are running back as police head up this way. Now people are starting to run down 5th Street, down the walk towards 1st Avenue again. It's becoming a familiar run. It's becoming a familiar run over here. I'm looking across the parking lot on the other side of a fence. People are beginning to run again. They're heading towards 1st Avenue. Oh, see the cop back. I made it to First Avenue, heading south on First Avenue. No sign of police. Just half a block from the police station. Is there any 
review board we were advised to address our complaints of police brutality is controlled by the New York City Police Department itself. Number two, on the news tonight, Mayor Koch and Ben Ward said their say. And Mayor Koch said, words to the effect that anybody that messes with the police gets what's coming to them. I don't think that any of those women, neighborhood people, tourists, people buying vegetables were messing with the police. and Ward are accountable for this at some level or another, that it goes far beyond McNamara. It is a political year and votes count. I think we have to apply pressure to get our complaints to an agency that is not controlled by the police. I'd like you all to know that I'm very ashamed of our police department. I've been in Saigon, I've been in Korea, and I know what this is like. That was a disgrace. For any man to stand up as a soldier to fight for his country and then to see nothing but blood and this debris all over the streets by the police department, that's wrong. That's wrong. I lived here for like 22 years and I have seen the riots when, they, when the cops were busting hippies' heads for sitting on the grass. But nothing, nothing approaches the cruelty what, what I've seen last night. I mean, they had the women dragged by the hair and hit just like, and kids right in the middle of the street. And, and they say about throwing bottles, right? Uh, that they had to react. They had undercover cops in back of the crowd throwing bottles to provoke the cops. Anyway, just, just, just so they can attack. And they had the helicopter, you know, like, I mean, it was just unbelievable. But when, when they, this happens to me, I think, I think they should be ashamed because, you know, like I didn't even see them coming. I was walking away. And to hit somebody, never mind for what reason, on the back of the head, you know, when they don't even see the club coming, I think, I think that's, that's, that's the real bad thing. And if, it, and if it hadn't been for father who called the ambulance, you know, the cops also lied. They said they called an ambulance because I was, I was kind of bleeding a lot. A lot. And, and if it wasn't for father, and they said the cops never called any ambulance, you know, I mean, it, it, the cops, Every car, and I'm sure there's some undercover cops sitting here. They should be ashamed of themselves. They should be fucking ashamed. If this kind of thing goes unanswered, it increases the level of acceptable police violence. The police in New York are held back as much as they are by the courts, and the courts alone. I've lived for a time in Belfast in the north of Ireland. Summerstein and Pike, the law firm I represent, represents Joe Dougherty, who grew up in the streets of Belfast. And it's a situation we know well, what happens when the limit of the court is removed from the police 
When the army is brought in, as Reagan is talking about doing as a method of drug uh, enforcement, when you raise the acceptable level of violence, it is irretrievable. Thank you. And I got beat up Saturday. All I was doing was hanging out in the park. And I'm looking for a young lady that was with me that got beat up. You see, this is all about gentrification. They're trying to get us all out of this park. You know, gentrification's got to stop right here. They're abusing us. This lady that was with me, I don't know what happened to her. I'm still looking for her. She got banged all up. I got banged up. I got my ribs fractured. Somebody has to do something about this. Another thing we got to bring up is there's a cover-up going on with Koch and his cronies. First they said 18 people were injured. Five of them were cops. That's bullshit. We all know it's bullshit. And then it went up to 52. It's more like 200. 250 people. I know personally 18 to 25 people who got the ribs busted, their heads cracked open. It, come on. When I went to Bellevue, when when I went to Bellevue to, for them to stitch up my, my fractured elbow, there were 30 to 40 people there in the first half hour. And half of them, half of them were girls who had their heads cracked open from behind. Blood everywhere. It was ridiculous. And the pigs came in and they said, slow it down, slow it down. And don't make out reports. There's a cover up and it started from even before the cops got the word to attack. And, and then they got the word and they said, break the cameras. They broke the cameras. They broke the video cameras. They beat up the reporters. It's bullshit. It's a cover-up. Somebody's got to go. Somebody's got to go. Koch has got to go. Enough of this. It's a cover-up. Groups like the uh, Avenue A Block Association and the Friends of Tompkins Square Park and the Guardian Angels and other groups like that that make a habit of targeting and scapegoating individual groups of people, whether it's so the skinheads or the Puerto Ricans or we don't like homeless people and so forth and so on, have managed to create a situation in which a minority of people behind the scenes are making decisions that affect the majority, which is us right here, right now. Now, it's very... It's very important. It's very important that we don't allow this to happen again. That we don't allow a small number of people behind the scenes to, to uh, bring about this kind of curfew, this attempted curfew. So along that line, what we're calling for is the organization and self-management of Tompkins Square Park by the people that are in this room right now. And towards that end, towards that end, we're calling for people to come out Saturday morning. Saturday morning, we're going to meet and we're going to discuss how we're going to manage Tompkins Square Park ourselves. It sounds incredible, we're going to do it. We're going to take over the park. I have one more thing to say. We've done it in buildings before. We've made homes for people. We can do it. It may sound scatterbrained, but it's not. Otherwise, you're entrusting your fate, your future, your park, to the, in the, into the hands of people you don't even know. Some of those people are here right now and they were calling the cops on us. You know what I'm saying? So let's come to the park on Saturday morning, take the park over, we can organize that park, we can resolve the conflicts, the petty conflicts that exist between groups. That's a peaceful place in that park. Let's maintain it ourselves. Saturday morning, I want to see everybody there. One more.
one more thing that's come to my attention, and it was another lie told to me by Captain McNamara. He told me that the Friends of Tompkins Square Park wanted a curfew. I have been told by this woman right here, is, who is a member of Friends of Tompkins Square Park, that they, they specifically asked that there be no curfew. And I would like to give her a moment to speak to defend her organization. I'll just take a minute because I know people have been waiting here in line, but I really want to just clarify that the Friends of Tompkins Square Park have been working for 10 years in this community to support the park, to keep the park good for the people of the neighborhood, to fight for the homeless in the park. We have, we met with the police last year to to object forcefully to a closing of the park, and we have always been against closing of the park. And I would like to invite all of you here to join the Friends of the Park in a continuing struggle to keep our park open and clean and free for the people of the neighborhood. Thank you very much. I live on 7th Street, across the street from the park. I was not, I was not in the park, I did not get beaten. I did come downstairs when the helicopter flew over and I uh, called the precinct, there was no answer. I called the Daily News and got the city desk and they told me what was happening. I couldn't believe it. And uh, then I went downstairs. And I think that our... I did, they didn't answer. They were all beating people up. But, but I think, but I think that with all due respect, our whole area, the whole Lower East Side, was taken hostage Saturday night. And what I, what I like that I see here tonight is the Lower East Side is here tonight. Not, not the East Village, but the Lower East Side. I just want to never ever again that because I was scared so bad they almost died. I hope yeah. that nothing never happened that. I scared almost died. Right in here. It's okay. Just speak. I scared so bad they I think I'll be dying this time. That's why we are here, because we don't want people to be terrified to walk in their own streets. And I want people dopey, and I want the people in the, uh, drunk in the park. I live here 39 years, I never see such a happen trouble than now. We never see that, I never have that. I was during the second war, we not have that, and we have it here. So uh, God helped me, never happened that was happened Saturday during the night. That's it. I think the thing that really incited them against me was as I was moving along, I, I witnessed one uh, officer completely destroying someone's bicycle. Apparently they had fallen on their bicycle. They weren't moving fast enough. They were trying to drag their bicycle off the scene. And this officer was going at it full force with his billy club. So as I walked past, I took a shot. And from behind me, I heard, get that guy with the camera. 
and before I, I could even turn around, an officer was on my back, lifted me up, threw me down on the ground, ripping at my camera. He uh, tore my, the flash unit off the camera, or at least twisted part of it off the camera. He broke the flash unit in half um, and smashed that. Um, uh, a couple officers came over to assist him and were hitting me with their sticks while he was de trust, desperately trying to get the camera away from me. Uh, they let me up, so I still had the camera. Ran me down again onto the sidewalk, tackled me. Uh, at that point, about, I'd say, half a dozen officers were around me, hitting me with sticks, kicking me in the back, and desperately grabbing for my camera. Um, somehow or another, I got up from that once more. Um, they continued to strike me with their sticks while I was up and pushed me down along the street. And one officer just caught my camera strap just right and yanked. And there went my camera. I, see, I saw him smash it on the ground. Uh, from there, I still had about a gauntlet of maybe like a half a dozen to a dozen officers who would hit me as hard as they could with their sticks as I went past them. Uh, they would just like stood there and waited for me as I came by and would hit me in all parts of my body as I would go past them. 500 people marched from St. Bridget's Church on the Lower East Side on the 9th Police Precinct three days after the bloody riot at Tompkins Square Park. They were protesting the failure of police to show up at a meeting called by residents to discuss the violence. At the same time, Police Commissioner Benjamin Ward and Mayor Edward Koch met with 15 hand-picked community representatives at Gracie Mansion, the mayor's official residence. Mayor Koch promised that six civilian observers would monitor police in the park. The predominantly Hispanic neighborhood, also known as Loisida, has seen an influx of young white professionals in recent years. Many Latin and black youth joined by poor and middle-class whites participated in the riot. Norman Siegel, head of the New York Civil Liberties Union, says his group is coordinating more than 100 police brutality complaints. When a police officer verbally or physically harasses, intimidates, touches, manhandles, beats citizens, goddammit, your civil rights are at stake. I want to see what they want to talk about, and I'll go get the precinct commander or representative. Oh, man. Do you know what he wants to do? Or? Uh, Norman, I'm Sergeant Dolan, right. tell me what you want to do and go back and talk to my bosses. Right. What we wanted from the very beginning was some representatives to answer a series of questions. We want a dialogue. People have come over here peaceful, nonviolently, okay. and we have a good group here. All they want to do is ask some questions and get some response. We were angered over the fact that no one showed. So people came over here, and I strongly urge and plead okay. with you, send a couple of people out, and we'll sit in front of the, uh, the precinct, and we'll ask questions we are, orderly. We are set up. 
to talk to 12 to 20 people inside? Unacceptable. Okay. Tell me exactly what you want. We want to sit, and we can, you've locked off the street, we'll sit in the street, and we'll have a town hall meeting in the street with representatives of the cops standing in front of the precinct. We'll have one or two people ask you the questions that these people worked on all day yesterday. I've looked at them. They're serious, careful, well-thought-out questions. They just want answers. Okay. If you don't have an answer, you say you don't have an answer. Okay. But we got to have a dialogue. Let me go with. If you don't do that, we can't control okay. this let me, thing. Let me go with. All right? right back. What they said was that they would not come out here and meet with everyone. They would meet with a representative group of about a dozen people. Now, I feel the anger myself. I've been, I felt they double-crossed us. They slapped us in the fucking face. No. But, but I've been doing this for 20 years. This ain't the first time they fucked us over. All right, now. What I think is there's a consensus we don't want to send 12 representatives in. And I think what we do, what we do, what I would suggest and think about it is just as we came over here peacefully, we go back to the church, we have the meeting, and figure out what we do next. All right? This is not going to be the end. It's the beginning of a struggle. Now, when I was a much younger person in the South and watched other people do it, what we have to do is remember what our objective is, and we want to nonviolently make the point and win. I think, I think we go back to the church with the kind of unity we have and figure out what we Back to the church. Newman. I'm with the Friends of Tompkins Square Park. Uh, you were at a meeting. Could you give me the date and day of the meeting? It was Tuesday, last Tuesday. What was that, August 2nd? Yeah. At the District Manhattan South Precinct Office or whatever it is. Who called the meeting? As far as I know, it was called by the police, the Manhattan South Baumert, Baumert whatever the CO of the command, you know, of Manhattan South is. And how were people notified? Well, um, very few people were notified. I found out about it by accident, really, because I called the community board about something else, about trees for the park. And Martha Danziger and I discussed the issue of trees, and then she said, oh, and by the way, I'm glad you called because there's this meeting at 6 tonight. And I can't quote her, but she said something to to the effect of my my understanding of what she said was we don't want any trouble and I felt intimidated I felt intimidated then and I arrived at the meeting late I arrived at about after about a half an hour at 6:30, and I was the I felt I was the only person there who didn't wasn't in favor of the curfew and my but my presence there was a tacit agreement to it because uh, McNamara said or Baumert said I think at one point all right now you know does everyone here agree and it, it would have I was intimidated there feeling alone you know and feeling I hadn't been notified in time to call the people who needed to be there with me and I didn't pop up and say you know no we've been fighting this for years which we have how many people were who was that there? I have you I have the list 
list. Right. I'll give you a copy of it. Thank you very much. Yes, I made some copies just in case. Community board. The, My feeling is the yeah the right wing reactionary element of the community board were invited. Phil Wachtel, Phil Lalumia, Christina Piotrowska, and. And, uh, you know, my, in my, my feeling is uh, I've, I really feel very betrayed by Martha Danziger personally. What do the police have to say? What did the different police commanders say? Well, what was the purpose of the meeting? Well, uh, there, the, the, um, the uh, attorney for the police was there, and there was some discussion about the, who was legally responsible for what. And I felt that there was both collusion between the Parks Department and the police and also infighting among them. and you know, that they they were trying to pass the buck on the one hand and they were colluding on the other hand. Pass the buck concerning? Concerning who really called for this in case there was trouble. You know, because the the the, the legal, uh, the lawyer for the police passed the buck to the Parks Department. He basically said, well, when we're in the park, it's parks, uh, you know, it's parks ground and we, we, the police, are not the ones who should be legally arresting people that it should be parks people arresting people in the park. Maybe this is why they chased everybody out of the park, or one reason, and the, the real violence went on outside the park on Saturday night. I don't was, know. Was there any discussion of, of the police presence that occurred on Friday as well as Saturday night, where a large number of command vehicles were there? Uh, yes, there, there was discussion of that, and there was jokes made about anarchists. They ridiculed the flyers that had been handed out. They ridiculed Frank's flyer that had the gun, the little logo of a gun at a man's back. It was like, uh, oh, I wish I had a better memory. I, I can't really quote them, but it was like, ha ha, these, you know, these anarchists are back. You know, they, they don't know what they're doing. I don't know, I'm sorry, I can't really give you a better quote. <laughs> but there was a lot of that kind of thing going on. So it seemed like they pretty, the people who showed up were, were committed to this when they entered the meeting. Well, I must say that I feel the Avenue A Block Association has also been duped. And I, and I would hope that, that this, uh, I mean, uh, or they were pawns in a game, you know. I, I feel that the, the, the uh, Parks Department and the Parks Department has been very abusive uh, to Tompkins Square Park. They have abandoned our park. And they, by the way, oh, this was interesting. At the meeting, there was a question uh, raised as to who originally painted park closes at midnight on the, the park entrances. And one of our members saw the Parks Department painting that. Nobody at this meeting on the second wanted to take credit for that, neither the police nor the Parks Department. So that's why I say I think they passed the buck when it came to responsibility or accountability. Uh, Your name first. My, my name is Philip Van Aver, and I wanted to discuss the uh, meeting at Gracie Mansion. Now then, the, the, some of the points that Betsy Newman raised about accountability, when I was giving a history of the issue of park closing, when I got up to the August 2nd meeting, when I wanted to ask the question about who made the decision to have the park closed, the mayor cut me off. And I never was given an opportunity to speak again on that crucial issue of whose decision was it and how it came about.
Tompkins Square Park was buzzing with activity one week after the riot as residents spent the day in various protests against police brutality. At the entrance to the park, residents planted an evergreen tree to symbolize their roots in the Lower East Side community, and Norman Siegel joined about 200 people who marched from Cooper Square to the park. Others served free food to homeless people living in the park, gave away clothing, and swept the park clean before an eight-hour marathon rock concert began on Saturday afternoon. After the 20 rock bands played, hundreds of people joined another march to protest a curfew still imposed at Washington Square Park. Energized by their march around Washington Square Park in the West Village, demonstrators surged into the streets bordering Tompkins Square Park. The riot-equipped police that escorted the march withdrew and the crowd cheered as they left. After a few moments of whistle-blowing, chanting, and singing, the group marched across Tompkins Square Park to the Cristadora, a former welfare center recently converted into luxury condominiums, where apartments start at $100,000. Screaming, die, yuppie scum, and wake up, get out, demonstrators blocked traffic on the avenue and prevented residents from using the luxury condominium's front door. Police were unable to clear the entrance to the Cristadora. Instead, they formed a phalanx and pushed demonstrators down the block. About 20 minutes later, police arrested 12 people in the crowd, and they were charged with offenses ranging from disorderly conduct to rioting and attempted burglary. Approximately 40 plainclothes police left the park after the arrests. New York Civil Liberties Union Director Norman Siegel says he will raise questions over the use of undercover police officers in monitoring peaceful protest. This documentary was recorded and produced by Paul DiRienzo with Margaret Bowen. It was engineered by Peter John Schuler.